Welcome to episode number 100 of Baldy Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. You know, it's pretty exciting to think that we've hit that 100 podcast number. We've only been doing this for about seven months now, and so I thank the Lord for that. I thank the Lord for providing the ideas and the subject matter and, of course, His Word to give us instructions and guidance. So we're going to continue on as we move forward in our series entitled, God's Generosity, What's in It for Us? Now, once again, don't feel that that's a self-serving title. It simply is a way to focus on how God wants to bless us and to give Him all the credit and all the glory and all the honor for His generous gift. The greatest gift He's ever given us is His Son, the sacrifice of His Son for us, that we could have eternal life. So I will be eternally thankful to our God for His great generosity. And I pray that in this teaching today that we'll be able to receive some of the understanding that the Holy Spirit can provide for us to realize the significance of God's generosity and how great He is and how amazing He is in continually blessing His people and blessing us each and every day of our life. Today, we're going to jump into an area that I think is challenging yet very exciting. I think it's rather appropriate that the 100th podcast would be on the topic of marriage and generosity. Because if there's not generosity in marriage, you probably won't have much of a marriage for a very long time. So with that, get ready, get excited, because you might want to even call your friends or someone and let them know that we're going to talk about marriage today and generosity and see how God addresses it in His Word and the things that the Lord has given me to share with you today. So with that, I'm going to pray and ask for the Holy Spirit to come in and move and get us ready to read something amazing from the Lord this day. Father, I thank you for the opportunity I have to bring this message at this time. Father, to those who are listening in, I pray that you would bless it. I pray that you would anoint it. I pray, Lord, as we talk about marriage, Lord, that you would help us to understand, Lord, the significance of having generosity in our marriage. The idea that we should try to outgive each other, that we should bless each other, that we should be the one who serves the other. And as we serve each other, Father, we'll line up our marriage and according to your word. I pray that you would anoint every word that comes forward and that the ears of those who are listening in, Father, would receive this message today in a very special way, a very positive way, that their marriage will be greater than they thought it could ever be. And for the single people out there, that they'll get an understanding of how God provided for marriage and how he wants generosity to be a part of it. May the Lord bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. When we look at how God looks at marriage, we can get directly into Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 4 and just simply read four words that are in that verse. Give honor to marriage. You see, that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to honor each other, and he wants us to honor marriage because he ordained marriage. He talked about marriage from the beginning of time. Let's look at Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18, and we can see how quickly the Lord wanted to get into the relationship that he wanted to have between man and woman and the relationship they should have with each other. Then the Lord said in verse 18, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. And then you go down to verse number 24. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. You see, God ordained marriage. He knew that marriage should be between a man and a woman, and that was the foundation for marriage that he established in his word. If we look into 1 Peter chapter 3, he addresses the wives' issues, talking about the relationship that a man and a woman should have between each other in the bond of marriage. And then it goes on to say in verse 7, where Peter is talking about the husband's role. It says, In the same way you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you, 
but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. You see, a lot of folks don't understand that the blessings of the Lord are intended to come upon man and woman in the bond of marriage. But those blessings are not just automatic. There's a role that we must both play. There must be a respect and a love for each other. There must be a desire to please each other and to be generous to each other in the way we treat each other in our attitudes in our marriage. There's another scripture I'd like to read before we get into some of the subject matter on generosity. And that's found in Ephesians in chapter 5, verses 31 through 33. Let me just read to those to you in the New Living Translation. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Now I think we're ready to move into the topic of marriage and generosity, which is the title of this particular podcast. I'm going to be using a book that I've written entitled Generosity, What's in it for me, as my outline, my guide for the teachings in this series. And there's one chapter in that book that I wrote. It's entitled Marriage and Generosity, and I thought it was very fitting for this teaching on God's generosity. So let me just use some of the notes that I have there, and let's see where the Lord takes us. Let me just give you a little story. You see, there was a man and a wife who went to church. The husband told her that he wanted to give $5 in the offering. However, he accidentally put a $20 bill in the bucket when the offering was passed. After church, he told his wife he gave $20 to the church. She looked at him and made this comment. You did not give $20. You only gave $5 because that is what came from your heart. Isn't that interesting? That's what happens many times when it comes to generosity. We think we want to do one thing, but then we do something else. And if we're consistent in our generosity towards others, and especially in our marriage, in our relationship in marriage, then we will be consistent in receiving the generosity from our Lord. You see, in marriage, it is usually easy to discover what comes from the heart of our spouse. Men tend to hide what is in their heart. Conversely, women tend to wear their heart openly. The old story goes something like this. The wife asks her husband, do you love me? He replies, I told you I loved you when we got married. And if that changes, I will let you know. Sadly, this actually happens in some marriages. I've actually had marriage counseling sessions where the man had told the wife that, and he believed in it strongly. He then went on to tell her that saying I love you all the time waters it down and it loses its meaning. Well, he misunderstand the importance of telling your spouse that you love them. Telling your spouse that you love them must never cease. My wife and I have been married over 50 years, and she enjoys hearing me say I love you very often. As for me, I enjoy telling her I love you so I can see the look of joy in her eyes. Of course, it's great to hear her say those words to me often in return. Now, let me provide a word of caution to the men out there who seldom tell their wife that you love them. If you all of a sudden start saying, I love you, she may think you did something wrong. On the other hand, ladies, if your husband decides to start telling you about his love for you, it might be nice to give him the benefit of the doubt. We must accept it when our spouse says they love us. You know, trying to analyze the reason we hear the words, I love you, will rob us of the pleasure of hearing those three words. Outside of our marriage, we often hear negative words about the marriages of other people. Because of outside influences, all married couples need to express the love they have for each other. Please allow me to suggest something to the married men who are listening to this podcast. The next time you see your wife, stand in front of her, look into her eyes, and tell her how much you love her. 
And after she says, what have you done? Merely say, I don't tell you often enough how much I love you and how much you mean to me. Give her a hug and hold her for a moment. You see, today marriage is under attack like no other time in history. The percentage of couples who live together in the covenant of marriage is decreasing every year. Now in recent years, some unmarried couples thought the experience of living together without being married would help them to stay married longer. However, recent studies have concluded that the divorce rate for couples who lived together prior to marriage is about the same of those who did not cohabitate. Now, what is that telling us today? First of all, it's not telling us that we're being generous with each other and that we're not sharing the generosity that God has shared with us in our marriage and the bond of marriage. We see couples violating God's plan for marriage and sex. Anytime we violate what the Lord desires, we run in problems and challenges in our marriage. I believe that however we approach the decision of marriage, we must understand God's plan for matrimony. Now, a vital part of a successful marriage is to have a generous heart and to give to each other. Both husband and wife must decide to make giving their first priority. A marriage will usually fail when one or both decides what's in it for me. Going into a marriage with self-centered ambitions will destroy the covenant of their sacred union. Mother Teresa said, It is not how much we give, but how much love we put into giving. Now, during the years that I was pastoring, I saw men try to show their love by giving gifts to their wives. They felt it was the best way to express love. Now, there's nothing wrong with exchanging gifts to each other in marriage. As a matter of fact, it is a wonderful expression of our love. However, the motives must be pure. Gifts must not have an attachment of contingencies. In my opinion, the best gift these men could ever give would be those three little words, I love you, and mean it with a sincere and honest heart. My wife and I had been married for several years before I realized that getting out of marriage, what I selfishly wanted was the wrong attitude, and it was not showing generosity to my wife. You know, as a matter of fact, it was robbing me of getting what I needed out of our marriage. Otherwise stated, as long as I viewed our marriage for what was in it for me, I would never receive what I really needed. Now, although we both came from families that attended church, neither my wife nor I had accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior before we were married. Now, after five years of marriage, we both became believers. And things changed radically after that. We started to understand, at least I started to understand, the significance of being generous in our marriage relationship. Soon after becoming followers of Jesus Christ, I discovered that I did not know what giving in marriage was really all about. As a new Christian, Sharon and I would walk and talk for hours about how our faith will benefit our marriage. We read what the Apostle Paul said about being married. We also talked about my role as the spiritual head of our home and how we must both be willing to give our best to each other. About that time, a musical group known as the Monkees had recorded a song entitled, I'm a believer. Now, because of the title, I thought it was a Christian song. One day, while casually listening to the lyrics, several words caught my attention. They really, literally just jumped out at me. I guess, well, it wasn't a Christian song after all, but it did talk about having a relationship with the one that you loved. You know, as I looked at the remaining words in that song, I discovered something very interesting. As a matter of fact, those words apply to this chapter. Copyright laws don't allow me to speak those to you right now and to use the actual words. But let me just tell you what the thoughts in that song expressed, that love is giving. And when I try to give, I don't receive anything, so I don't even try. These words are how many, 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 many married couples feel today. They feel that the love is gone in their relationship, and so they give up and don't even try any longer. And that's sad. 
Now, some say, why even try to give love? When I try to give, I never get any love back. And it seems that the more I try to love, the result is never good. The problem with thinking this way is it is never going to allow us to experience the love the Lord desires for us to have in our marital relationship. One of the most powerful things that we can read in the Word of God is the statement that love never fails. Now, we must daily express our love to our spouse. This will be a challenge for some, I realize that. But if so, think of how much our God expresses His love for us daily, how generous He is with showing His love to us every day of our life. He gives us hope and faith and air to breathe and the blessings to live in a free country. He loved us so much that He gave the life of His Son for us. Now that is love. The title of this podcast series is God's Generosity, What's in It for Me or What's in It for Us. The title of this particular podcast, podcast number 100, is Marriage and Generosity. You see, in marriage, we must be generous and think of what we can do for our marriage and particularly for our spouse and our relationship. You know, as long as we look at marriage for what we can get out of it, we're going to be miserable. Allow me to suggest maybe a new song for those who are experiencing the the more they give love, the less love that they get in their marriage. How about these words? The lyrics would be, Give and it shall be given to you, all the love you never knew. Generosity to each other will bring forth love to one another. Give and expect to receive. Your marriage will be what you believe. Now, as you can tell, I'm not a songwriter, but I believe those words will be good for any marital relationship. One of the reasons that I use that song of the monkeys is kind of a guide as to how I believe the Lord wants us to look at our relationship is because when my wife and I were dating, I belonged to a band. I was a drummer in a rock and roll band. I was not a Christian. I wasn't saved. Matter of fact, I was only 18 years old at the time, but I did a lot of dating, but I had never told a girl that I loved her. And then one day I saw her face and then I became a believer. I became a person who believed that this was the woman that I wanted to be with for the rest of my life. When I saw Sharon, I did fall in love. I had never told a girl that I loved her until I met my wife. She was and will always be my first love. Now you see, physical attraction is a great part of marriage. Obviously, it's a wonderful part of marriage. However, physical attraction must never win over spiritual attraction. A marriage based totally on looks, clothing, and styling does not make a strong marriage. Now before performing marriages at our church, we had a policy. I set up a policy that every couple that came in seeking marriage had to have six weeks of premarital counseling. By doing that, during the counseling sessions, we were able to see how couples felt about each other and how their attitudes were about having children or family issues or finances or faith and church attendance and their faithfulness to the house of God and their prayer life and all the things that I felt we needed to talk about and establish before we would perform the wedding ceremony. Now, I had times when people would call me up and say, do you do weddings? And I would talk to them and say, well, yes, I'm a pastor of the church here, and we do have a requirement for counseling. And they would say something like that. Well, we just want to get married now. We've decided we're going to get it done. We want to get it right now. So we want to come over to the church. and Would you do the wedding service? Well, no, we were not the Las Vegas drive through wedding service, but we were a church who believed in marriage and believed in the sanctity of marriage and believed in the significant relationship that one another must have before they enter into the covenant of marriage. So with that, many of those folks would maybe get a little upset with me, but sometimes they'd visit the church and start attending. And when they did, they would then understand the significance and the importance of setting up 
the right relationship with a foundation of generosity towards each other and understanding God's generosity to us for providing the covenant of a marriage relationship. Now, I need to say this. Just because we counseled people, it didn't mean that every marriage would be happy ever after and that they would always be perfect. But this counseling gave the couple an opportunity to see how they believed in the vital issues facing their upcoming you know, unification. So the best way to heal our marriages in America is to base marriage on faith in Jesus Christ and to make a vow to bring a behavior of generosity into the union. Couples are to be generous to each other. Having a priority of giving by both husband and wife will produce blessed and successful marriages. I believe that. Now, when I would stand before the church sometimes and talk about my relationship with my wife, I might just share something and just say, our anniversary's coming up or something like that, or just let them know how thankful I was to be married to her. I would always look at the congregation and say, I want you to watch me the way I treat my wife. I want you to see if I'm generous with her. I want you to look at me and see how I walk beside her and how I treat her when she gets into the car and when I open the door for her as she gets in the car and I open the door for her when she goes in and out of the church and how I make sure that she has a comfortable place to sit and and set her chair up. And those are little things I know that have kind of grown old, but I believe it's a generous act of kindness and love and caring. And it's something we need to bring back into our marriages today. It's something that's crucial and lacking in marriages, and I believe that this should be a part of it. Now with that, I think it's important before I end this particular teaching on marriage and generosity that we understand that there there's a need to show people how to set up the right relationship with each other and how to make generosity a part of marriage. And generosity is something that is defined in many, many different ways. To me, a lot of people, once again, think that generosity is only money, but it's so much more than that. The generosity is how we treat each other, how we relate to each other in marriage, the whether we show respect for each other, where we think of each other in times of birthdays and holidays and just Just do something special. I can remember when my wife and I were first married, we didn't have hardly any money as most young couples are. And financially, I couldn't really afford to go out and buy her a dozen roses or have them shipped to the house and those types of things. But I remember we lived in Phoenix, Arizona, and it's very hot during the summertime. And I'd be driving home from the bank that I was working at, and I wanted to do something for my wife. So I'd go into a grocery store or someplace that would sell flowers. And no, I couldn't afford a dozen roses. Like I said, I couldn't afford even a dozen carnations, but I could afford one rose or I could afford just one flower and I would go in there and stand in line and get that rose and carry it out to the car and it was interesting how some people would look at me like that guy must be a cheapskate or they might look at me like oh that's a sweet thing for him to do but I never thought of it either way I just thought I wanted to do something for my wife and show her that I cared and I'd go home and I would hand her a rose as I came home from work and she would always smile and be blessed with it and she received it and in the way that was intended she didn't look at me and say well you cheapskate why didn't you bring me more than this but she realized Just think about this, ladies. When your husband does something like that, he has to get out of the car, walk into the store, stand in line, be looked at by people, hold something in his hand, whether it be a rose or whether it be flowers or something like that, and then go out to the car and then drive home and bring it home. The time and the effort and the caring that goes into that is, I believe, a very generous offer of love. And so those are the kind of things we need to bring back into our relationships. Now let me help the single people out there. I know that I've spent so much of this time already dealing with marriage and marriage and generosity. But let me just give you a couple of thoughts about having a generous relationship when you're just dating or seeing each other for single people. And when you're looking to find someone to marry, let me give you some tips, some things that I believe that would help people have the right relationship in marriage and also have a marriage filled with generosity. First of all, 
When you're looking for a spouse, when you're looking for someone that you want to spend the rest of your life with, we need to marry someone of like faith. They need to be a Christian. They need to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Many young women wind up dating a person, a guy, and he doesn't go to church, and but he's a nice fellow, and he treats her nice and all that. And they'll say, well, he's nice, and I'm sure he'll come to know the Lord someday. And then they get married, and 20, 30, 40 years later, he's still not interested in church, still not interested in the Lord, and still not interested in prayer and all those things. And it really is harmful to the marriage relationship. So when you're looking for a spouse, men and women both, be sure that you find someone of like faith. In addition to that, we need to be sure that you go out and seek counseling from a qualified pastor, our Christian marriage counselor. Make sure that you understand and get your counseling when you've decided to get married, that you get the type of counseling the foundation needs to be laid out and established before you join in to marriage. Now, if your future spouse has something you feel must change, always address it before the marriage ceremony. When you're dating, that's the time. That's when you want to discuss those issues that need to be changed. I know there have been a lot of women over the years that I've counseled in my office who were dating someone and then they found out the relationship fell apart and they would come in and tell me, well, they basically thought he was a better person, thought he was loving, thought he loved the Lord and all that good stuff and didn't realize that they hadn't really asked the questions and discussed the issues that were crucial to them in a marital relationship. So obviously, you got to find out who the other person really is. You got to think about that person as being your future husband or wife. And it's usually that person's on their best behavior during this dating experience. So remember that and don't take that lightly. In addition to that, I believe that women, you need to think that if he's not treating you like a lady today, beware of the way he's going to treat you after the marriage vows. If a man's not willing to open a door for you or be kind to you or maybe just you know be respectful of your time and of you as a person and individual, then and now he's on his best behavior, he's probably not going to be any better than that. And as a matter of fact, he'll probably even be less kind and less respectful as time goes on. So be sure that that respect is established during the time that you're seeing each other and dating each other. Now, if, he, if either person is a excessive spender. That's something that you need to discuss before you go into a permanent relationship. In addition to that, if he or she takes advice from their family more than from you, it needs to be worked out now. I guess I could just kind of end this talk about dating before a marital relationship starts off is there needs to be a generous attitude with each other during the dating period, during the time that you're deciding whether you want to spend the rest of your life together or not. So with that, you can just you just need to talk and talk and talk about everything, pray about things, understand the concerns that each of you have, and be sure and address everything. But most importantly, understand the significance of the marital relationship that God wants for each and every one of us, and understand the foundation of having a generous spirit towards each other will carry you through some of the difficult challenges that you'll experience in spending the rest of your life together. Now, marriage and generosity should be inseparable. A marriage without giving will be a marriage about getting. The phrase, what's in it for me, basically has torn apart so many marriages. The marriage vows most commonly used show a pattern of generosity. I take you for my lawful husband or wife to have and to hold from this day forward, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, until death do us part. Now, when you look at those words, they are all words of a generous spirit towards each other. Now, although many couples like to modify their vows today, be sure they provide a theme of giving and generosity. 
the Bible tells us that when a man and woman come together, they become one. So unity is the best ingredient for a successful marriage. Make your marriage unified with a spirit of generosity towards each other. In Genesis chapter 2, 24, I'm going to read it again. A man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two unite into one. Now marriage was ordained by God and is a covenant relationship. The vows we pledge at our wedding ceremony are commitments we make for the rest of our life. I have never heard a couple preface their words with, I will try or I will do my best. They just say, I will. In America, the percentage of couples getting married has been declining, and I believe it's due to a lack of desire in couples to commit to one person for life. Now, you may not agree with the following statement, but listen to this. Marriage is not a give-and-take arrangement. I believe that marriage is about giving without contingencies. The thoughts of what can I take is saying what's in it for me. When a married couple tries to outgive each other in their relationship, they're building a strong foundation for a permanent marital bond. By giving, they will receive more than they thought was possible. Let me leave you with these thoughts as we close this particular podcast out. In marriage with a generous spirit. We need to give from the heart. So you should make a list of your desires to give from your heart. And these should be things that are non-financial, things that you would like to set up as a statement of generosity in your marriage. Also, understand that God has a plan for marriages to be generous. So you might want to ask yourself, where do you need to be more generous in your marriage? Another thought is make giving a first priority, giving of yourself to your spouse. List your priorities in your life. List those things that are most important to you. Another thought is give love to get love. Where do we need to show more love in our relationship to receive more love back? And finally, a marriage without generosity is a marriage of what's in it for me. And like I've said before, that's going to be a marriage with a lot of challenges. So let me just pray that God will bless you as we wrap up this podcast. Father, I thank you once again for the opportunity I've had to share these thoughts with those who've tuned in today. I pray that you would bless them and that you would use them, Father, to help marriages throughout this country and, Father, literally people who download these podcasts around the world. I thank you once again for your touch and your hand upon our marriage. And I pray, Lord, that you would bless each individual, Father, whether they be single or married, Lord, that they would understand the significance of having a generous spirit and a generous heart in the relationship of marriage. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, i got to close one more thought here. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 11, in the New Living Translation, it talks about generosity. And it says here, Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So God wants us to be blessed, and then he wants us to be a blessing to others. I hope that you've received something in this teaching today as I've enjoyed bringing it to you. And I'd like to encourage you once again, if you'd like to hear more about the teaching on generosity, you could go to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com and there you'll find a list of books that I've written. One is called Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. Another one is entitled Generosity, What's in it for me? Another is entitled Receive Everything from What We Call Nothing. That basically means calling forth those things that are not as though they are. It's a book on faith, and I believe it'll be a blessing to you. So I hope that you'll have the opportunity to go to my webpage, and I believe there's stuff there that will bless you and enrich you, and I thank the Lord for the opportunity to speak into your life. If you would like, you can subscribe to my podcasts on cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts.
We're coming up on a new podcast soon that I'm I'm really excited about. I believe it has great potential to help the local church. I've always been a local church guy. That means I enjoy going to church. I enjoy the significance of being with God's people on Sundays. I'm just one of those people that have done that since I was a kid. And it's really the highlight of my week and my wife's week is that we can go together to the house of God and just hear the word of God being preached worship the Lord together with those our friends who are believers, followers of Christ. And it's really a wonderful thing. I pray that you would be sure and get involved in a local church. If you don't have one, then you need to find one. You need to become a part of one. Because the Bible tells us, forsake not the gathering of yourselves together. And I believe that was referring to us going to church together and being followers of Christ and worshiping together in spirit and in truth. So with that, I'm going to be doing a podcast entitled Generosity in the Local Church and the significance of understanding how important generosity in a church is. And that doesn't mean just giving money to the church. It carries a whole lot of things other than that. So we'll be covering a lot of various topics. And in weeks to come, we'll be talking about the subjects of generosity in various formats. And I pray that you'll tune in and be a part of it. I'm looking forward to them. I'm looking forward to having the opportunity to share what the Lord has given me. And I believe it will bless your life and encourage your life and you'll live a life filled with God's generosity. Now let me close with this. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. I'm looking forward to seeing you again at our next episode. So until that next time, may God richly bless you in all that you do.